Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here today with Rob Iman. Hello, everyone. And we're here to discuss Rob's sermon from Sunday, The God of Second Chances, uh, from John chapter 21. And anybody who's a VeggieTales fan is now singing, Our God is a God of Second Chances. Sorry, from the Jonah movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of our favorites when my kids were younger. Oh, okay. um, well, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. So, but we weren't, we're not talking about Jonah. We are talking about John chapter 21. Yes. So, um, you know, when you said, when you said uh, in the inter- introduction to your sermon, you mentioned something about um, a movie this is like the a bonus scene in a movie. I thought you were going to be like like the Jonah movie in VeggieTales, but no, you you went to Marvel, and I was like, oh, that's right, they do. They always have so many bonus scenes. Yeah, it's a post. It's a post uh, credit script uh, scene where it just kind of pops in, and it, and it tries to. They always, of course, try to pre- pre- you know present what's coming next and try to tie things together. But John was just answering questions, and it just made a connection with me that that seems what it feels like at least to me yeah 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 and so we're um so we're this is after jesus's resurrection and the um and he has said to his disciples in previous chapter um you know he said even to mary go tell the disciples that i've risen and that i will meet them in galilee right on so they've gotten that message and they are in Galilee and they're probably thinking, okay, now what? <laughs> Not seeing Jesus. So what's going to happen? We have another appointment like, book. Did he, did he make it a, did he make it a schedule with us or something? Yeah, yeah no, I know. Like, okay. So here we are in Galilee and Peter's a man of action. So he says, well, let's go fishing. So we're going fishing. Now there's so many, there's so many uh, foxes. I mean, this is, you love narrative stories because there's all kinds of different things. What was motivating them? Why were they doing this? You know, why would, why did Peter want to go fishing? Um, some say, well, maybe it's because they needed the money or that they were low on food or something of this nature, but then everybody else went with him. That's interesting. Why did they do that? Um, there, there's just, there's just a lot of interesting um, sidelights we could go down on, on this. Okay. Just for a couple of ideas. So uh, here's Peter. He's likely pretty well beaten up over the fact that he denied Jesus. We know that was significant. That was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. He's wondering if he can gain respect again. He's wondering if anybody's going to listen to him anymore. I mean, he's wondering if he can even be a disciple. And it's interesting that he says this, I'm going fishing, and everybody else says we'll come too. Is that just the fact that there's a leadership thing going on there? Peter mm-hmm. was obviously, he was likely the oldest disciple. He was the only one who was married, as far as we can tell. When they came to collect the tax for the temple tax, uh, it was only Jesus and Peter that Jesus paid for. Is that because the other disciples were too young to be mm. uh, to be taxed at this point? So Peter was seen as the leader, and I, you know, they're, they're, so there's an application to this that says, 
you know, those who have influence, be very careful about how you apply that influence because people are following you, even when you're depressed and sad. And if Peter was feeling like, I'm, I'm done with this discipleship thing, I'm going to go ahead and go back, he was dragging other people with him. That's an interesting sidelight. Another interesting sidelight is the fact that, that John is identifying the different disciples who were there, and he lists these different ones out, and it says, and to others. And I stopped and thought about that for a little bit, too. And, and how, many, how many of us want to be known and recognized and want our name in the book, you know, and want to be, you know, to, to, to have some place of significance or status. And yet how many, most of us end up being in two others, unnamed, unknown, but very important to the overall story because they were there and they were. So there's just a couple of things that, that came out in, in preparation for this, that, you know, a 25 minute box doesn't let me go into. <laughs> yes. For sure. And some of these we covered in our discussion on Sunday morning during our community group. Um, you know, I, I loved that you brought up, um, you know, the emotions that Peter is probably feeling. Um, and then <clears throat> in the context of his, of his relationship with Jesus over the past three years, like, um, that we know of. And then also, um, the aroma and how that can trigger such memories. The other thing that can trigger a lot of memories is music. Yes. And I just, rem I know that there's this one particular album that I listen to that just takes me right back to high school. Like <laughs> I know exactly where I am when I'm listening to that album. And, um, and so I just, I just loved that um, idea that Jesus is using all the resources available to him that really are available to all of us, you know, vision, like what, what are we seeing? Like our, our senses, that's what I'm thinking of. Not, not like the resources, resources, but senses. He's like triggering as many senses as he can in this scene. Yeah. I, I think he choreographed yeah. it, Michelle. I think that Jesus yeah. um, set this thing up early morning. You know, that he, he knew they were fishing all night. This was an opportunity for him to come back. He's relating to, if you read Luke 5, oh my goodness, there's so many parallels between this calling of, of this recalling of Peter, uh, where he says, you know, Jesus basically says, follow me. He just brings it back again. You're okay. You can do this. And the very first time Jesus called him to follow um, and the connection with the three denials, uh, Jesus just choreographed this thing. And even down to the charcoal fire, I believe, yeah. where are you going to find charcoal? Yeah. Bring it with him you know? <laughs> or create it at the moment, I guess. Um, <laughs> he, but, uh, you uh, know, using all his resources, <laughs> using all his resources. <laughs> he does that for us too. Right. I mean, yes. So when we go through these, these moments where these, these, you know, I, I wrestle with the failures of the past that just weigh in on me. And then I use the failure of the past to evaluate the present moment or the future possibility. And I say, well, because that happened, then this certainly can't happen. And Jesus says, no, forget about the past. Mm -hmm. I redeemed the past. I've forgiven the past. The past doesn't matter right now. Yeah, the past forms us. The, the whole other side of the sermon I was going to go into was uh, the benefit of spiritually forming failures. You know, a failure can have a spiritually forming impact or can have a spiritually destroying impact. 
And it's how we surrender it to Jesus that makes the difference. I talked about this just with one or two lines, but it would be good to get into that at some point in time. And, and so the failure does change us, but it doesn't define us. It becomes the thing that catapults us into the next level, into the next chapter, into the next part of the path of faithfulness that God has given to us. Um, and I got a bunch of failures in my past that continue to, you know, you know and, and no, let it go, Rob. Let it have its forming influence on you through Jesus and then live through it into the next thing that God has for you. I love that. I love that failures form us mm. and they're not, so they're not necessarily failures as much as they're formers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change the vocabulary here. <laughs> you know, I like to do that. Oh, yeah, good. All right. You know, I mean, yes, I think we can, you know, even as we um, replay our day, can, can beat ourselves up over what we did do or what we didn't do. And Jesus says, bring it to me and I will form you out of this. And everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So I, yeah, bring it to me, whatever it is, bring it to me and watch what I can do with it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there was that one line I put in there that was, um, uh, you know, I, there, there are certain things that, that just kind of pop out at me, you know, that Jesus uses our failures to break us, it hurts, so that he might remake us. Yes. Uh, in, in more fully into his image. And, and the breaking hurts. And sometimes it's short lived, you know, it's just a couple of days and we're back and we forget about it we move on. And sometimes it totally changes our view of ourself. But it and, and, and tr the trajectory of our life in some way, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, always positive if we are surrendering it to the Lord. doesn't always feel that way, but he's the one who's doing it. Oh, yes. I, I, I starred that in my notes, that line. Jesus uses our failures to break us in order to remake us in his image when we allow him into yeah. our failures. Like that's kind of a super important step because it's easy to beat ourselves up over that it's not so easy to open ourselves up to and bring it to jesus yeah oh yeah exactly michelle and this is i think the, the struggle i know it's the struggle for me so i assume there's two or three other people out there that struggle with this is that <laughs> maybe more I, than I, that <laughs> <laughs> is that you know we tend to want, you know, if, if we're meeting the president of the United States or the mayor of West Lafayette or some other dignitary, we want to put on our best. You know, we want to, like, make sure that we're thinking clearly and, and, and we're dressed right in the way we want to dress, how we present ourselves to that individual. And so when we do that with Jesus, too, you know, Peter uh, in the Last Supper, you know, these others might deny you, but I never, you know, he's trying to present himself in a good light to Jesus. And, and, and yet... At, on the beach, he presented himself for who he actually was because we can't pretend to be what we're not because Jesus sees right through us. So in that first calling, he's in the boat. He just caught the huge, a huge uh, bunch of fish. And he says, Lord, depart from me because I'm a sinful man. Peter was being honest before Jesus. And Jesus mm -hmm. says, now I got you. Follow me. We'll make you fishers of people. And then again, uh, on the beach, Peter is basically saying, I, you know, you know everything, Lord. You know I'm your friend. 
He wouldn't come back and say, I'll agape you. I will give yeah. you, you know, I'm going to do this. No, it's like, I, I can be your friend. I can fillet on you. I don't know if I can agape you, but I can fillet on you. Yeah. And then Jesus says, okay, now we're talking. Yeah, I know you will feed my sheep, follow me. It's just a beautiful expression. He, he accepts us where we are and loves us too much to let us stay there. Yes. Yes. I love, I love that phrase that you repeat over and over again. I think one of the things that as we're talking I'm, is coming to mind is so they're in the boat, Peter and the, and John and the other disciples are in the boat and they're like, somebody's on shore. And, and, and John says to Peter, it's Jesus. And Peter's like, end game. I'm, I am getting my robe on and I'm out, I'm out of here. And he's like, so he doesn't just, he doesn't like, we don't see any of the um, beating himself up. Well, I can't go see him because I, I denied him three times. There's none of that self-talk. He is like, I know I'm accepted by Jesus and I am out of this boat. I can't even wait for this boat to go to shore because you guys are carrying too many fish. I got to go by my own. And he is running to Jesus. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and who's the one that, and, and Jesus says, bring some of the fish you just caught. It says, and Peter went and grabbed them. And, you know, Peter was the one to bring the fish. He is, he's still this guy who's just doing this stuff. And he's, um, but he, he, he's the one who wants to be there. And I think that John, I, I love it because John is the sensitive one. He's the one, you know, the, he's the beloved disciple. He's picking up all the nonverbal cues on this one. Hey, we've been here before, guys. Yeah. It's the Lord. Yeah. Everybody else is still trying to bring the fish on board. They're focused on the task. And John is the one who's spiritually sensitive to the moment. And then he speaks it out and Peter picks it all up and dives in. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that. And, and I love that, um, that Jesus uses the familiar to trigger memories. I think Mm -hmm. we we talked about this a little bit, but this is the next thing on my notes. And, um, and I, it's, you know, and I see that, I see that in my own life, like, and, and I love the fact that he's, you know, Peter was hurt when Jesus asked him three times, you know, are you, do you love me? Are you my friend? Um, and, and that it can feel that way. And yet sometimes I need it repeated over again. I need the question repeated. I need the, I need the, um, the teaching point repeated over and over and over again so that it can get through my thick head and into my heart. Um, you know, whatever God is teaching me in that moment or, or in, in that season, really it's a season. It's not so much a moment. Ah, that's well, but it's a season. Sometimes that season can go a whole lot longer than we want. Yeah. I, I think that we in the Western church try to escape pain and discomfort. And yet the scriptures are clear that God uses our discomfort in some specific and very significant ways to help shape and mold us. Mm-hmm. So that phrase, Peter was hurt uh, when Jesus asked him a third time, is one that we could go a whole lot deeper in. You know, what is the purpose of that pain? Why would Jesus ask him three times? Is it just a matter of three denials, three requests? I mean, what's Jesus is doing something there. And he is 
He is the surgeon of Peter's soul at that moment. He is giving care to Peter's soul in ways that I don't fully understand. Right. In those moments when, when he asks something of me that is painful, he is caring for my soul and purifying things in ways that I don't fully understand. And there has to come a time when we simply trust him and hold it with the open hand and say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm not going to try to control this one. This one right. is, is yours to control. I mean, I think, and he's like pulling things from Peter that are hidden, that mm. are hidden even from Peter himself. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just finished writing the e-news for this week and, and, and a conversation I had yesterday just kind of triggered this. Oh, wow. I never thought of, you know, where do they put all the stuff that filled the rooms that we just tore down in the building? Right. And, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, it got, they got either thrown away or hidden away. And it's like, oh, and now's the time. Now has come, the time has come that we need to deal with all these hidden things in the building. And, and it's the same with us, because, you know, because we have hidden things that even we like, I know I do that. There are things that I don't even recognize that are hidden even from my sight. And Jesus just so gently kind of opens the door or un, un, you know, covers the bed or <laughs> the and he's like, see this? Now we're going to work here. And I'm like, oh, that's so hard. I don't want to do that. It's going to require decisions and it's going to require pain and it's going to require work. And Jesus says, I'm there with you every step of the way. Yeah, Bob Munger in the 1950s or so um, did a sermon called My Hard Christ Home that became a pamphlet and it's yeah. still out there today. You can probably Google it and find it on Amazon. But uh, he talks about that same thing that we often will invite Christ into our lives, but we leave him in those well-kept rooms in the living room, in the yeah. guest room, in the front foyer. Uh, but we don't bring him back to our bedroom. Uh, don't bring him to the basement where we store everything or the garage or the attic. And he is the junk drawer. Or oh, the junk drawer, <laughs> the kitchen. Yeah. He, yeah. But he's continually um, requesting the opportunity to enter into those areas so that he can bring out what is hidden. I love what you're saying. It's a great example at Covenant in our facility right now. Like, yeah, where'd that go? I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. It could be one of 500 places. <laughs> I imagine we'll be finding things in the decades ahead. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Exactly. Or somebody will pull it out and they'll be like, what did we keep this for? Yeah. <laughs> and nobody will have any institutional memory to say, yeah. oh, we used that in 1973 for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I. I, I think, you know, moving back to the, um, that God uses pain. One of the illustrations you used um, in making that point is a, a shoulder out of joint. Mm. You know, that is painful. And in order to get it back into joint, it is painful. <laughs> and, um, but that's essential in the healing and that just made me think for a little bit, like, oh, okay, <clears throat> we do, th- I-, I do, and I'm assuming it's, I'm not the only one. There's two or three um, others. You know, like you said, avoid pain. I prefer comfort. 
I prefer, you know, routine. And so when I feel pain, I'm like, what, what do I need to do to get rid of it? And it's like, okay, maybe sometimes I need to be sitting in that a little bit and asking God, what are you wanting to form in me in the midst of this pain? Yeah, Jesus even did that. I mean, um, what's the phrasing or the line of Hebrews? Uh, he learned obedience through that which he suffered. Yes. I mean, Jesus, Jesus was the suffering servant, and it's not just what he did on the cross. I mean, he cried out to the Father, he gave prayers with loud tears and loud cries. Yes. Um, he was wrestling in prayer. And so that, that whole idea of seeking a, uh, a pain-free life, that's not in the scriptures. Yeah. In this world, we will have trouble. And um, there's a lot of folks right now, Michelle, and you know this, are in our congregation who are going through some really hard times, um, often yeah. physically, emotionally, relationally. Uh, I'm sure there's some spiritual hard times that are going on out there right now. And as it is with us, with Jesus, so too it is with the body of Christ, is that we need to be willing and ready to be able to share those things and be who we truly are to the people around us, those we trust the most, and allow them to come alongside and help us along the way. Yeah. Um, because God uses that pain. We can know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Wow, that's an interesting phrase in Philippians 3. How, how does that play out? Right. Yeah. I know. Hmm. There's so much to think about in a narrative <laughs> that just isn't there. And, and don't and don't worry about what God is doing with the other person. Um, oh my goodness! So what, yeah. what? What about them? Yeah, and you know, Peter asks Jesus, "What about John?" And Jesus says, "If I were to have him stay until I come back, what's that to you? Don't worry about it. You follow me." And 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 that started a rumor that John wasn't going to die before Jesus came back. And John says, "John says, well, no, Jesus never said that." <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, That's not what he said. Here yeah. are his exact words. <laughs> yeah. I was there. I know. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so I, I, I really appreciate that personally. You know, I, I can support and love. I can use discernment. I can, you know, Galatians six. I can go to a sister or a brother who's who's in trouble, who's going the wrong path, and I can confront them. I can love them. It's not that I, I'm hands off, but I don't compare myself. Um, you know, I don't worry. You know, what what's God doing? Well, that person was so much better than me. Or, you know, we start getting into envy. We start getting into comparison. Jesus says, no, no. Your focus is to follow me. Yeah. Do it the best you can. And we'll do it together. And then yes. you know, let, 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 let somebody else follow me the way that I'm guiding them to follow me. There's just a lot of freedom in that, I think. I think so. And it, and it requires a lot of focus. Yeah. Right? Because I have to follow Jesus. I don't follow the pastor. I don't follow the the culture. I don't follow my best friend. Mm. I follow yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Right. That takes a lot of focus. Yeah. And you know, when he said that uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, his yoke, of course, the rabbi's yoke was the way that that rabbi taught how we are to follow the Torah. You know, it's not just laws, it's God's way, mm. uh, the way, the truth and the life. And and so how do I interpret what Jesus is saying and how I'm supposed to follow Torah? follow God's way with the gifts, skills, abilities, and context within which God placed me, you know, as, yeah. as, uh, as a parent of four kids, one with special needs, how does that play out for me? 
how does it play out for you uh, as the mom of four kids and everything going on in your world? Uh, it's not going to be the same for you as it is for me, but the same is true that we are going to um, do justice, love, mercy, walk humbly, that we're going to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbors ourselves. It's just going to look a little different. And I don't compare myself to you. Right. Or I shouldn't. Shouldn't. <laughs> I hope you don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but it's easy for it's easier for me to compare myself with uh, other women than it is with other with with men. I mean, yeah, it just no. is. And and then there's the yeah. Anyway, we could get into comparisons, but we won't. We won't because, because the whole we, Facebook thing and you know. Yeah. presenting the, be the, the, the best of real for me that you look at and go, oh, my life is like that. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's not, because my life isn't like that either. Yes. <laughs> like that for this much of a, you know. <laughs> right. That's another topic, though. We'll save that for another time. Another, another topic. Exactly. So um, I think we'll, we'll end it with God uses pain. And God doesn't want us to compare ourselves compare us with each other does that make sense that makes sense and and the things that we regret the things we wish we could change mm -hmm. when we bring them to the lord they become spiritually forming moments in our life and something that he does not remember and he does not relate to us and <laughs> with, with that in mind and so neither should we we can let go of it too and allow it to have its forming moment in us and to change us for the better. And run to Jesus. And run to Jesus no with who we actually are, not who we exactly. think he wants us to be. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Good awesome. summary, Michelle. Well done. <laughs> you too, Rob. <laughs> Thank you. You make a great team. Fist <laughs> bump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rob. I really appreciate it. Always a joy, Michelle. And thank you to our audience, whether you've joined us live on Facebook or later um, on our blog or on our podcast. We are so grateful for a few moments of your time this week to learn about the God of second chances. Yes. Have a wonderful day.